as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the six-fold Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. And I am Andy Wilson, also a Big Shiny Robot. Uh, and we got two movies for you this week. We've got Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Who Gives a Crap, um, <laughs> and... Alien Covenant, which should be the movie everyone's going to see, even yeah. if it has some problems. But, uh, Andy, yeah. you were fortunate enough to go see Wimpy Kid. I had to work. So how yeah. about you fill us in on what uh, what I missed? So this is the fourth of the Wimpy Kid oh, God, movies. there's four of them? There are four of them. I the first the one. second one. Yeah, no, the, the first one was in 2010. Oh, God. And so they have recast them because... Um, uh, the the original Wimpy Kid, the original kid who played Greg, is now twenty, so that would not work in this. <laughs> uh, so all new cast. The parents used to be Steve Zahn and Rachel Harris, uh, formerly of The Daily Show. They were great. Uh, those movies were fine. If you liked the Diary of the Wimpy Kid thing, they were right up your alley. I've got young kids who love the books. And if you have young kids who love the books, they will also love these as well. So they've they've replaced Steve Zahn and Rachel Harris with Tom Everett Scott and Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so still good people and new kids who you've never seen before. Well, this is this is Diary of a Wimpy Kid: The Long Haul. It is essentially a road trip movie. Uh, young Greg. After being subject of a viral video where he has a diaper stuck on his hand, um, he becomes a meme and decides that the best way for him to get over this is to find some way to hang out with his favorite YouTube celebrity, who is a video gamer who is going to be at a uh, a Comic-Con type convention in Indianapolis. This sounds well, it like just, PewDiePie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A PewDiePie type of guy. And really, for people more in the know, uh, this guy is more like a cross between Chugga Conroy and Markiplier. So there you go. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, but continue. I'm, it's like he's speaking a foreign language. Do you understand yeah. the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> yeah. So um, they, um, they're they also supposed to go and uh, visit his great-grandmother for her 90th birthday, and they're going to go on this road trips, trip. So he and his older brother, Roderick, reprogram the family's GPS to take them to Indianapolis so they can sneak away and go to this convention. Wackiness ensues along the ride, mostly because Mom Alicia Silverstone thinks that no one should have their devices and takes all their phones away. And, of course, the kids aren't having any of that. Uh, They also keep uh, running up against this one same family who they keep running into. And, really, this all plays out like a PG-13 version of of the Griswolds. I was going to say, it sounds exactly like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it it really is. And uh but and and I say PG-13 even though the movie is I believe rated PG, there are jokes associated with literally every bodily fluid oh, and good. function that you can think of. Uh there there are multiple poop jokes, there are pee jokes, there are vomit jokes. And you see some of the vomit and the pee. Luckily no poo. But still, this is not, um, if that really turns you off, 
then you're going to hate this. The The wimpy kid books and movies have always trafficked in this kind of gross-out humor, and um, and but they have this heart at the center of them, the same way that the Griswolds did. And uh, the one reason to go see this that no one was laughing at this or was entertained by this except for me in the theater uh, was a really great reference to Psycho and the shower scene. But um, other than that, yeah, you know, this is this is a kid's movie. If your kids love the Wimpy Kid books, go see it. If they don't, you're going to skip it anyway. Uh, five out of ten. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Uh, but it's it's just a kid's movie. So there you go. I'm glad they got the, the psycho joke in there. Kind of like in uh, the last Chipmunks movie, they got the the John Waters joke uh, in there. Yes. Well, this is much better. <laughs> Jeez, this was much better than that last Chipmunks movie. I really hated that one. Um, yeah, I, I would much prefer more wimpy kid movies over uh, more uh, more Chipmunks movies. So, well, there you go. So if you've got kids who like the series, go see it. If not, just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but our next movie is definitely not for kids. Uh, it is no. Alien Alien Covenant, which is, is it the ninth movie in the whole series? If we're including eight, eight Alien vs. Predator, all those. Uh, yeah. But the this is almost in a sense, and we, we've discussed this at length actually on our written review uh, on Big Chinese Robot, and also just in person with, with friends who've seen it. This is very much more a Prometheus sequel than an Alien prequel. Uh, yes. It does combine elements of both. But um, our basic story is: is we've got a uh, we've got a whole colony of people um, that are in cryostasis, heading towards this new planet. They're all colonists. They're going there to uh, terraform it, make it into like a new Earth. Uh, something bad happens, and the crew members wake up and are trying to figure out what's going on. You know, fix the ship. Uh, we have Michael Fassbender. He's returning as a new android, Walter, uh, who, if you remember, he was David in the first one. Walter is, you know, generations and generations later of uh, of this character. and he, he was made to be less creepy than David. Yes, less creepy <laughs> and uh, doesn't quite have as much free will, I guess you could yeah. say. You kind of learned that. Uh, yep. But the team ends up being led by uh, Danny Branson, who's played by Catherine Watterson, who... Uh, loses her husband because every single person in the crew is a couple and it's kind of cool because we do get a, a gay couple which is you know it's kind of refreshing um but her husband who was the captain because of what happened dies in cryostasis uh, it's james franco in a very very small role but also kind of important well while they're trying to fix the ship they uh they get this weird radio transmission and they go and listen to it and find out it's a classic rock song coming from this weird planet they've never heard of before well, they, they find a way to scan the planet and find out, hey, this could be a better better suited Earth for us than the planet we're going to. Let's go investigate. And they argue about, no, we shouldn't. Yes, we should. No, we shouldn't. Well, they do. Uh, and let's just say they shouldn't because this was the planet that uh, Dr. Elizabeth Shaw, Naomi Rapace from the first movie, flew off to with David at the very end of Prometheus to see you know where the engineers came from. And... Really, that's all I can say because a lot of this movie, to go further, would be very, very spoilerific. And even though there are some problems, which we'll get into, there's a lot to see here, a lot to experience, and it's something that you should see for yourself and not have two, you know, two critics ruined for you. So, yeah, and it's not a spoiler that, of course, they find aliens there because you've seen aliens in the trailer, and this yes. is called Alien Covenant. 
And the one thing that I found refreshing about this, and we talked last week about Prometheus and how I felt that it was a little bit too ponderous and didn't give fans of Alien exactly what they wanted, which was face huggers and chest bursters and strong female characters using giant mechanical uh, objects and construction equipment to fight xenomorphs and, and a mystery of what's of happening and you know where think yeah. what what are these things what's going on yeah uh but but this this does and and it gives us those things and more uh and i won't go into the and more part but i i think that this will sit better with people who left prometheus disappointed uh because it is more of a straight up sort of alien type movie mm-hmm. um by making i i want to say homages but really they're just ripping off their own mythology yeah. and so you know decades before ellen ripley does any of this stuff then they're doing similar stuff and you know if if that is something that you are fine with and that's what you want then you will enjoy this. Um, but if you're kind of sick of that, uh, then you may not. Yeah, there's... And we'll dive really quickly into my, my big problem with this movie is, as I said before, this is very much a Prometheus sequel unless an Alien prequel. But it's almost as if Ridley Scott listened to critics of Prometheus too much because he obviously is in love with that mythology and the philosophy and the storytelling that he did there. So he tries to really tie that into this, and he does that well, but then it shifts gears and tries to do what Alien did as far as being an action, sci-fi, almost horror film, and tonally and thematically it bounces back and forth too much, yeah. where you know, you, you made your point in the written review that it's, it's a Franken movie, but also looking at the idea of Mary Shelley and the modern Prometheus, that could have been what his goal was, I don't... I don't think it was. I think he was trying to mesh I don't the two think concepts it was. together. Uh, if no. he was, then he's brilliant. But no, that's that, that's the biggest thing. And, and yes, you're going to get the alien stuff you like. You're going to get the cool stuff from Prometheus you liked. But I would have rather he had just chosen to go one direction instead of trying to touch on every single note from both series. And for that, the movie's weaker. But that being said, it's really good. I had a lot of fun with it. It Honestly, it did take me about a week of thinking about it, watching Prometheus again, talking with you, talking with some other friends, to kind of fall in line to the fact that I did like it more than I thought when I walked out. And I really do want to go see it again because I know I missed a lot. And I don't know if that's praise or damnation because I have a, I love watching movies and I'm really good about catching little things. So I don't know if it's just because there's so much there I couldn't understand at all or that it does require repeat viewings because it's just kind of over its head and some of the stuff it gets into that being said i had to watch prometheus uh, prometheus twice before i got everything too so I, it's not like i don't want to go see it i just i kind of think you should be able to get your point across the first time through and not have to require people to you know see it ad nauseum to get your point yeah good call and and the I mean, the action sequences and so on obviously do that. And But I, I feel like this movie left a couple of big threads kind of hanging. So one of the characters who I really liked was Billy Crudup's character, uh, Christopher Oram, who is now put in as uh, the, the acting captain with their captain gone. And what's interesting about him is he is a man of faith. 
and he feels like the odd man out among all of these scientists who are out there, you know, ready to go out and uh, terraform a new world. And so they're all uh, biologists and botanists and, and so on and so forth. And he's like, no, I think God is taking us somewhere. And that's kind of an interesting concept, especially given the mythology about who our gods maybe supposedly are uh, with the engineers and Mm -hmm. uh, the creation of life and what part the aliens uh, play in that. Uh, So you end up with kind of this, where is your god now? (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) And it's it's a little heavy-handed, but maybe maybe that was the point. Um, I, I wish they would have played that out just the tiniest bit more because I felt like there was more there and and they they kind of um, they kind of just hit a hit it a foul ball off. It wasn't like a, a really great home run. They didn't really have like a complete thought or statement about it. Yeah, and what's really kind of fun with this too is they they kind of switch how society is now on its head where, you get a bunch of people together who are religious and you put an atheist among them and they're like, oh, you know, an atheist, why should we trust them? You know, they're weird. Whereas in this one, they're the crew's having all these conversations about, oh my God, you know, he believes in God. Ha ha ha, how stupid is he? How can we rely on someone who believes in this fictional deity to get us to where we need to go safely? And it is fun because there is a huge, you know, a bit of a character arc for some of the people there toward, towards the end, one of them looks at him and says, you know, we need your faith. You know, please help us with this. And, and again, it does go back to what you said that it's really funny because this is a ancient astronaut theory in practice that, you know, yes, God, God was an alien. Uh, and the reason why all these bad things are happening is because we killed Jesus, who also was an alien. So even then, your your belief in, in God is is in something that isn't God. <laughs> uh, exactly. No, he, and and he, was, he was a good character. I like, I, I've liked him a lot. Uh, he, not quite as good as he is uh, in Big Fish, but you know he he was an important part. And, and the one person who surprised me a lot was Danny McBride. He plays uh, yes. Tennessee. He's the the pilot of the Covenant, and it was really really cool to see him not being Kenny Powers or being just Danny McBride. I mean, we've we've seen him in all these other movies where he's the a hole, he's the smartass, and in this one he's you know he's a bit of a smartass, but he gets definite dramatic moments. Good things happen to him. Bad things happen to him. He gets to be justified in what he does. Uh, and yeah, as much as he was a minor, smaller character, and he wasn't too small. He's in it a decent amount. Uh, it, it was cool to see his branching out and doing things kind of outside his comfort zone to the point where I wouldn't mind seeing him in maybe more dramatic roles in the future because he proves he can do it. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought he was a, a strange breath of fresh air that I would not have expected and uh, who, this this is kind of a spoiler, but I would have expected him to be one of the first people dead, and he wasn't. And that was, you know, interesting. And I'm like, oh, he dead. He is so dead. <laughs> and I was like, nope, nope, nope. It's it's interesting how the order that they decide to, to kill people off in this, because uh, I, I would have expected them to go uh, with him first. Yeah, so. and, and, and that's true. Like, this is a movie where no one's safe. You never know who's going to kick the bucket next. Yeah. Uh, it also is extraordinarily gory. This is probably the goriest alien movie that I can think of. Uh, there's, let's just say there's a scene where if the Joker had been there, it would have explained where he got the scars on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happened, I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's over the top. It's really gory. 
Uh, another complaint I have is, look, if if you were if you were surprised at the ending and you didn't see that coming from about thirty minutes beforehand, um, you're doing it wrong. Like you need to go yeah. go watch more movies or even just go read a kids book. It, it's it was very very telegraphed and they uh, really telegraphed that ending. There was there was a specific moment and I mentioned it to you and I won't say it here, but it, that moment I'm like oh. Oh, I know yeah. what's up. I know. I, it's like, oh, what a twist. No, it's it's not a no, twist. We it, got it. Not. But that being said, as you mentioned earlier, this does leave some plot threads dangling that could set it up for uh, the next movie, which I'm assuming this will do well because Ridley Scott's kind of wanted to do the, the Prometheus trilogy. So if you, again, hopefully you listen to us, you went back and you watch Prometheus again, whether you like it or not, so you can see how it ties into this one. Uh, and then, yes, it leaves a lot of room open to finish up the story and let it dovetail into the first alien because that's kind of where he's going and you could you could definitely see that as the way things play out with people playing god and everyone from the engineers to people we won't mention uh it, it really is about the folly and hubris of i guess you could say humanity because you know you yeah but i won't go further yeah. because there there's there's some spoilers there but yeah this is this is very much about the fact that when people try too hard to play God and change reality, these are the consequences you face, and here's why, and here's how it plays out. And that's great. It builds on the mythos of the alien universe so well, explains where things came from, how do we get from you know, the, the weird little creatures in Prometheus to the xenomorphs we know and love. Uh, it bridges that gap very well. There's still some holes that are left, and I'm really excited to see how they fill that with... I guess the rumor is the next one, Alien Awakening, which kind of makes sense with the the way the movie ends uh but that one i think would answer all the rest of the questions we have but no it's it's a lot of fun it's not perfect uh i'm at a 7.5 out of 10 just because of the problems we mentioned but i am excited to go see it again i do want to go see it again because i know i missed things and the cool parts of prometheus that i loved and dug into and spent hours talking about with friends are all full force here with new things to talk about and if you know me i like to talk so yeah, and uh, I'm at exactly the same place. I'm I'm at well, not exactly. I'm at seven out of ten. I which is the same, pretty much. <laughs> basically, I mean, it's a rounding error, right? So, but I I really feel like this movie was was trying hard, and it it I I think that Ridley Scott did something interesting, but it had some problems. But the problems were not the same ones that Prometheus had. Uh, I think the real payoff will be anyone who got uh, a an English degree and who is a, a good study of the English romantics. Uh, so go out and, and read your uh, your Keats and your Shelley and your Byron and and, and get ready for all of that because uh, there is there is lots of talk of that and uh, <laughs> and 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 any sort of um, Romantic Enlightenment existentialist philosophy. Uh, there is there is a lot there too. And, and throwing Theology some, too. Throwing some uh, nihilism for good fun too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, you gotta you gotta include your Nietzsche in there along along that. So along with yeah. all that. And yeah, it's again. This is not your your typical turn your brain off sci fi movie. This is one that requires you to pay attention and really really begs everyone afterwards to go get coffee or go get a drink and. Uh, discuss everything you just saw and and how it portrays into 
I mean, even with reality how we know it, I mean, because this does take place in the future, but this re represents a world that is very much like ours, just with a twist that no one saw coming. And as much as there's all this scientific talk about the fact that we could be in a holographic universe, you know, much like the Matrix, who's to say this couldn't have happened either? And it probably didn't, because that'd be weird, but there's no way to prove that. So it's, again, it's it's some really fun philosophical conversations to, to pull out of this one. Yeah, if you are going to go into this and turn your brain off, then you will be one of the people who gets surprised by the ending. So I guess you, I guess you could turn your brain off and just enjoy it. Oh, uh, and there were some of those when we were leaving the theater that people were like, "Oh my god, that's so crazy!" I'm like, "Oh, honey, no, you weren't paying attention." Yeah, I I feel like those are probably the same people who really liked Split. I'm sorry. I still have okay. I, I bought it because I've heard good things, and so I tried to watch it. And the, the one part that got to me, and then we're off topic, but, uh, you know, with as many friends as I have in the LGBTQ universe, um, along with many trans friends, the fact that, you know, I, I turned off the part when it got to the point where he came in and was one of his characters is a woman. And they were playing it off for laughs, like, oh, my God, he's so crazy. He thinks he's a woman. And it's like, that's I don't get offended much, but I was like, that's that's really offensive to trans people who are. You know, they're not pretending to be a man. They're not pretending to be a woman. They're just, they are. You know, just because they're they're in, in a different type of body than what they need, they want to be, and they're changing to become, you know, and transitioning. And at that point, I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll, I'll come back to it, so. Yeah, I, I don't think they uh, did that very well. And, uh, spoiler alert, that character ends up being one of the more evil versions of, of his personality, oh, too. Oh, good. Which, which I know, felt with. That's our, our trans panic so. You know, so, uh, we're we're getting close to halfway through the year. We'll have to do like a halfway through the year in review and talk about like our our bests and worsts, and and we'll dive in with spoilers on like uh, Get Out and Split and and why we hated them or loved them. So yeah, we'll, and that's and that's we'll that's, that's, that's twisted. We we love Get Out. I, I can't wait on the split yet because I haven't I haven't fully watched it, but I'll I, that's on my my viewing list. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I met. I, I think. I hope it's very clear that I think Get Out is one of the best movies of the year. Get Out is <laughs> so, my, no. Get Out is yeah. my favorite movie of the year. It's it, it actually it's tied with Guardians because I love both of them for many many different reasons. I so. think. I think I liked Logan just the tiniest bit more than Get Out, and then Logan and and Guardians probably right about right about the same. Oh, and speaking of yeah. Logan, because this will come out the day before it comes out on Blu-ray. So the noir version of Logan is available on some versions of the Blu-ray. So if you're looking to watch that version, make sure you pick it up and look at the back because the standard Blu-ray does not have it. But if you go to like Walmart, Target, uh, Best Buy, they do have a special version that includes the noir uh, and digital has it. So if you really, really want to see it in black and white, make sure you read the back of the case because the basic one does not have it. So I had a couple of people ask about that this week and I had to kind of correct them. So... Just be careful yeah. because you don't want to buy the wrong one because you know how places are when you try to return an open DVD. <laughs> yeah, and and let's let's talk for two seconds about the fact that movie theaters didn't want to show that. That makes me so mad. It's basically like unless you lived close to an Alamo draft house. That was it pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that was basically it. There were like a couple of other independent theaters that brought it up, but none of the big chains did. I don't get it. I really don't understand that. This was like one of the biggest money-making movies of the year so far, 
and you wouldn't want to put it back in theaters for a weekend in in its black and white version. I just, just shame on you, Cinemark, AMC, Pacific Theaters, etc., etc., etc. You're you're garbage, and that is why you're Alamo Drafthouse, Alamo Drafthouse will smother you all with a pillow. They're coming for you. Look so at the flowers. Look at the get, flowers. You better you better get your game up, or you're gonna get out competed pretty darn soon here. So. so. Cool. So that'll take us through this week. Again, if you have kids, take them to see Wimpy Kid. Uh, if you don't have kids or don't bring them to Alien Covenant, uh, but especially be prepared to think a lot about that and not turn your brain off because it is not your typical Alien movie. So that'll wrap up this week. Uh, next, we've got Baywatch, the uh, reimagining of the classic, I guess you could say classic, uh, 1990s. <laughs> I, I think so. Hasselhoff and... The, the renowned <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh with uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Zach Efron it's the R-rated you know raunchy comedy version of that which Andy you've seen I see um, Monday yeah I've and seen then it. we also I have seen it I seen it we have the the fifth and hope I believe the last Pirates of the Caribbean uh with uh Johnny Depp, Javier Bardem, and a bunch of fun stuff. That'll be the the big the big one for Memorial Day weekend that I'm sure they're hoping will make a lot of money. And yes. so far, I my peers who've seen it have said good things. So yep. I haven't really been excited for a movie since the first one. So hopefully it'll be a pleasant surprise and something to watch next weekend. Uh, but until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Barry Poppins, y'all. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright.